past few years, we've heard the term free agents and been told we would all need to become one in order to succeed. The recent economic structures have helped to promote this concept as reality. Where do we get the tools to take control of our career path in the present and future? Welcome to The Career Confidant with your host, Marie Zimanoff. Marie and her guest experts are here to provide you with the tools you need to move forward and achieve your career goals. Now, here is Marie Zimanoff. Hello and welcome to The Career Confidant. We're glad you've joined us here today. We're talking about another great career topic that you can use the information, the tools, and and resources that you get to take control of your own career, which is what we're all about here at this show. Today, we're excited to welcome Kimberly Schneiderman, who is Rise Smart's Practice Development Manager. If you've never heard of Rise Smart, they're an up-and-coming and growing outplacement and leadership development company, and she supports their program development for career coach training. So she trains their career coaching team, and Kimberly and I have been connected for a while through the National Resident Writers Association and obviously through Career Thought Leaders. So, Kimberly, thank you for joining us today. Thank you for having me. It's a pleasure to be here. Yes, and you always give such great information because I know that both from your individual practice um, before you joined RiceSmart and with RiceSmart, you've done a lot of work with individuals in transition and then have some resources that you've done some research or maybe polling and understanding kind of bigger picture about what people are seeing out there in the work world. So I'm excited to have you share what you're seeing and and how people are transitioning today and what that looks like. Great. Thanks. Yeah. So today we're talking specifically about layoffs and you know, it's interesting because I feel like it's not the big news anymore, though not necessarily the layoffs don't make the news, but they're still happening almost at the same clip they were a, a few years ago. Yeah, and I think your assessment there is correct that while some layoffs are making the news, especially in media industries, uh, other layoffs are uh, kind of kept on the down low. I don't know if that's on purpose or not, but we certainly don't hear about them as frequently. Although I would think that the people affected by layoffs are uh, are ready to, to yell it out loud. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I feel I bet they feel a little slighted that it's not the big news anymore. Not necessarily that you want everyone to know your company is laying off, but that it's not a, a frequent topic anymore necessarily, yeah. even though just as many people almost are, are affected each year. Right, right. Yeah. And when the people get laid off, of course, we know it has a little bit different feel because it's that unchosen change. Instead of having uh, the opportunity and making their own decision to leave, they're they're forced into a decision that maybe isn't at the time they would have wanted or at a that even that they had even thought of that. So we're going to talk about today kind of what the first steps are when someone has been part of a, a reduction in force. So what do you help people understand and what do you and your team do to help people take those first steps when they've been a, a part of a layoff? Well, where I'd like to start actually, Marie, is that notification meeting where an individual is being told that uh, there's a reduction in force and their job no longer exists. There's a lot of different vocabulary that can be used in that meeting to describe the situation to the affected employee. Uh, and 
in some great companies, the managers that are delivering that information have been provided notification training. And so uh, they might have perhaps a script that they're following. They might be working really hard to stay on message when they're delivering that information to you that you are losing your, your position. And um, one of the things that comes along with that notification training for the manager is the reality that some people during those notification meetings will have an emotional reaction. And managers are ready for people to perhaps get very quiet, to withdraw during that meeting, to maybe shed some tears, to ask questions, question, question, or um, have some questions about you know, who's going to take over their work, what about this project that's open, all of those things. And uh, just know that if you are ever affected by a forced transition, a reduction in force, a layoff, however you want to word it, that that manager should be ready to see your emotional reactions. And I would never encourage anybody to have an extreme emotional reaction. However, um, expressing some emotions during that meeting is perfectly normal and somewhat expected. Yeah, well, it's kind of like an interview where it's hard for the the employee to have the empathy for the person delivering the news, but oftentimes those people are are not practiced in doing this. They don't really know what they're doing. They may not be good at managing conflict, and so they're coming at it with their own fears and insecurities that can escalate the situation as well, even if they have training, right? It's still a hard situation for both people usually. Yeah, that is absolutely true. Definitely. Yeah. And so when people are in those notifications, you're saying that it's it's okay to have that emotional reaction and to not feel like they have to, um, you know, play it cool necessarily. What other things right. should they know moving forward out of that meeting? So once that meeting is over, uh, some people might feel like they need to launch kind of a flurry of action. Uh, They've quickly realized that they are now in a job search and they want to be as productive as possible and they'll start to do all kinds of things. They'll, They'll quickly throw their resume together. They'll reach out to people and say, oh my gosh, I just lost my job. Do you know of anything? And um, they'll take this just like plethora of actions that make them feel like they're being productive and proactive in a job search. However, they may, those actions may backfire. So Marie, what we really recommend people do is take a moment to take a breath. Uh, that might mean a day. For some people, it could be two or three days. For some people, it could be a week. Um, and let yourself Do some research and decide on next steps. Uh, Let yourself go through kind of a discovery uh, planning process to make sure that you understand what it is you want to do next. A lot of people will take this opportunity of forced transition to make some major changes in their career. And so by taking that initial first few days, several days, a couple weeks to do some research and really decide 
what you want next in your career can be an advantage in the long run. And, and I say that also with sympathy for people that don't have that sort of freedom uh, or that feel like they don't have that freedom when it comes to finances and, and supporting themselves. Um, so definitely, I understand that for some people, taking a few days would be an absolute luxury. Uh, but if you can, I do encourage you to take those few days because ultimately you'll be in a better position to help yourself. And of course, um, given my background working with a company like Rise Smart, I do want to say that if you are offered outplacement services as part of the reduction in force, please take advantage of those services. Um, they are there to help you. You'll be connected with people that are subject matter experts in the area of job search. And what we find is that most people, while they may have had success in their career, they're often not experts when it comes to job search itself. It's not a topic that's addressed on a daily basis at work. It's, um, it's sometimes not even a topic that somebody's thought of since college or had a course on since early in their college days. So taking advantage of any outplacement services that are offered to you is almost always it's uh, puts you in a better position. You'll be able to address your resume from a more strategic vantage point. You'll have coaching around job search strategy and networking. Um, you'll, you'll know what it means to have a personal branding statement and a value proposition, and you'll be able to really leverage those things effectively throughout your job search. So definitely take advantage of outplacement if it's made available to you. Yeah, I think sometimes people are afraid that that's going to make them look bad or that it will get back to the company, what something or, you know, there's a, a bunch of misconceptions, I think, around that process. But it's just like any other service that might be offered by your company, leadership development or any of those programs. It's it's an opportunity for you to get that external voice, get some expertise and at least have someone to, to bounce things off of or some free you know, a lot of, I know a lot of outplacement companies are just doing kind of online classes, but at least it's something that you can can use. And definitely, if you get the opportunity to connect with a group or or someone one on one, to take that opportunity because it's not cheap when you get out there and have to pay for it yourself, or or you want to want to want to pay for it yourself. So take advantage of that. I agree. So when we yeah. think about that um that transition and. You're saying it's okay for people to take a break if they can and and if they have the opportunity to do that, that that break can be actually kind of jumpstart their search. Absolutely. They'll just be in a better position to market themselves, to be able to talk about their background, their experience, their talents, their accomplishments, uh, because they'll have time and the space to do the homework necessary to, to position themselves better for a job search. Yeah, and have the time to kind of work through some of those emotions, which I know it, um, especially men, unfortunately, tend to yeah. kind of try and cover them up and sweep them under the rug and pretend they don't exist, and then they manifest themselves in the job search, interviewing, networking, and in strange ways when we don't take the time to address those feelings that, that most people have when they are let go from a job without their, you know, without their choice. Right. We see a lot of the different 
behaviors that come with that emotional reaction as you've kind of talked about there or introduced there. Um, you know, some of the things that we see is, can be like resistance. And so resistance to new ideas, resistance to, you know, taking time to learn a process within the job search inside and out. And, uh, you know, sometimes depression and sadness, of course. And with our society, we tend to identify with our career paths. We, we latch onto that. You know, when you go to the proverbial cocktail party, nobody says, oh, what do you do in your spare time? They say, what do you do for work? They want to know where you dedicate your career hours to. And so when we lose that identity, our reactions uh, follow a lot of different stages of transition. And you, know, you can have anything from denial to shock and depression. You can maybe panic. Sometimes people uh, are angry about the situation and feeling very hostile about it. Even and that doesn't mean that their outward behavior is abusive or, or hostile towards other people, but they feel it internally. And then sometimes we can see slight behaviors that are sending the message of all of those emotions and those stages of transition that happen before somebody reaches that, that stage of optimism where they feel like, wow, I, I can make this transition. They can see the other side of the tunnel, so to speak. And, um, and that's the goal is, is to get there. But going through those, those emotional reactions, we understand it. And, it's normal for people and sometimes being in touch with those things is important because it really helps you work through them when you can acknowledge them and, and understand what it is you're feeling at any given moment. Yeah. Well, we're going to take a short break and when we come back, we'll continue talking with Kimberly about what you should do after a layoff and how you can move into that job search really effectively. We'll be right back in just a few minutes. America Business Network, the bottom line in business. You know that the career landscape has changed and that you need to be proactive about managing your career. You can have the foresight, skills, and confidence you need to take charge of your career and seize opportunities. A strategic advantage and career expert, Marie Zimanoff has helped thousands of leaders like you get focused, get found, and get hired. Visit GetCareerSmart.com to find out more. That's GetCareerSmart.com or call 800-521-2080 to schedule your complimentary consultation. Each week, Larry Sternberg joins Dr. Kim Turnage to explore management issues from culture to discipline in Managing to Make a Difference. Join Talent Plus for 60 minutes of dynamic conversation, including real-life management examples helping you manage teams across the globe. This series airs on Voice America, the business channel, Thursdays at 5 p.m. Eastern, 2 p.m. Pacific. Managing to Make a Difference every Thursday afternoon with Larry Sternberg and Dr. Kim Turnage. 
You hear about it all the time. Compromises, destructive malware, major breaches. You can't turn on the news without hearing about the latest cyber event. Learn more about cybersecurity, how it has become one of the most significant threats to our national security, and the battle experts undergo every day on your behalf to protect you, your families, and your data. Task Force 7 Radio with host George Redis is the voice of cybersecurity around the world. Tune in live every Monday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 5 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Business Channel. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. You are tuned into The Career Confidant with Marie Zimanoff. If you have a question or comment for Marie or her guest today, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. You may also send an email to marie at a strategicadvantage.com. Now, back to The Career Confidant. Welcome back to the Career Confidant. Today we're talking with Kimberly Schneiderman, Rise Smarts Practice Development Manager, and her experience helping folks that, that are being laid off, part of a reduction of force. As she said, a lot of different language that comes along with that, but usually the same idea that your your job is being eliminated and um, you're being outplaced without your desired or knowledge perhaps and sometimes this happens to folks when they're not expecting it at all and of course that can be quite a jar in terms of the emotions which we've been talking about and Kimberly I always kind of equate it to getting divorced in some ways you know you're getting divorced and when you get divorced from a spouse most of the time people don't feel pressure to go find a new spouse the next day but when we get laid off there is real pressure real you know got to keep a roof over my head pressure to go get a job the next day and that's not necessarily the best thing for our psyche for our emotions and and for our behavior in those situations a lot of times so people just recognizing that and and thinking about how they can process that even perhaps while they start looking but of course being the best case scenario if they can take a bit of time and think and plan for where they're going to go next and part of that of course is building their brand building their resume building their communications that they'll use during their job search and when people are in this low spot one of the things that happens is uh, kind of an inability to communicate their accomplishments they either feel worn down or, or you know, kind of um, put down and, and don't have much to say. So how do you help people identify those accomplishments when they're feeling like they don't have any? Yeah, that's a really great question. And I would invite your listeners to think about their accomplishments in three different ways. Uh, the first one is accomplishments that show the scope of the work. And so these are the facts or maybe even the factoids associated with the job. So somebody that is in a support position might say, okay, I I supported 26 staff people in the corporate office. Uh, I was an assistant to 120 field locations around the, the U.S. or around the globe. Somebody else might say that I managed a client roster of 200 accounts. 
right? So these are all the facts associated with the job. They're indisputable. Um, they're verifiable facts. And then another type of accolade is accolades that show, um, or see, another type of accomplishment are accolades, excuse me. Uh, so accomplishments that are accolades. So times where you've been recognized for just doing a good job. And in some cases, this is uh, like employee of the month because you did something special that month. It could be customer service representative of the month because you attained some level of accomplishment within the job or you, you did something extra in the position. Uh, some companies have recognition programs like a um, special idea of the week kind of a recognition program, and you get these things for just going out of your way to do a really good job in the daily work that you do. Uh, so those are accolade-type accomplishments. And then the third accomplishment are, are the accomplishments that fall in line with our traditional ideas of accomplishments. So these are the things that are like uh, quantifiable and an area where you improved something or you changed something for the better. Uh, some people might say, you know, I, I saved an, a $7 million account from leaving the organization after rectifying a longstanding issue. Uh, somebody else might say that they uh, reduced support ticket turnaround time in an IT position, perhaps from like two weeks to three days. Somebody else might say that they introduced five new programs to an organization which resulted in you know, X number of dollars of revenue. Uh, somebody else might say they had a 98% customer satisfaction rating in their position or that they, uh, that they trained 20 fellow team members um, and those seven of those people have since been promoted. Um, so there's all kinds of ways that we can uh, establish our accomplishments by showing the scope, meaning the facts around the work that we do, by sharing accolades, times where we've been recognized for doing good work, and then also uh, sharing the quantifiable improvements that we've made in our business or in our position. Um, and if you'd like, Marie, I can share some questions that people could ask themselves if they're still feeling a little stuck. Oh, yeah, that would be wonderful. Great. So some of the questions that we encourage people to ask themselves when they're thinking about their accomplishments and trying to identify them are things like uh, describe a few projects that you've worked on and be accurate. What was the result of those projects? Did you hit the goal? And that can be a quantifiable accomplishment. Uh, at other times, we can ask people about the challenges they faced in their experience, perhaps something related to process improvement, quality improvement, um, and each of those things that had a result for the company that either saved money, saved time, or perhaps resulted in new business, all of those things can be good. Uh, if somebody's ever contributed directly to cost savings, perhaps they signed a contract with a new vendor that cut the office supply cost by 50%, or perhaps they introduced corporate right corporate-wide accounts in a transportation uh, service. And so that saved the company, you know, untold amount of dollars each year. And also, 
just want to make the point that most people at work are evaluated on specific performance metrics. And so we ask, you know, how is your performance against those metrics? And then can you compare your accomplishments or your achievements of those metrics uh, as related to your counterparts at work? Were you the number one salesperson? Were you one of the top 10 customer service representatives? Did you close the most claims in a year in, in an insurance position? So all of these things um, can be questions that you start to ask yourself to remind yourself just how good you are at your work and what you've been able to achieve for the benefit of the company. Yeah, those are great questions and good thoughts for people to think about to make it more concrete, make it more um, tangible to think about what they've done. And sometimes it can feel like I just did my job, right? Well, I want you to share just briefly how you see the uprising of the gig or contract economy impacting these folks' transitions. The gig economy is an area that's getting a lot of attention right now. And we're seeing statistics all over the place. There's a lot of studies coming out from various um, industry organizations saying that it's a that people in the gig economy number in about, you know, 35% of the entire workforce. And at Rise Smart, our own uh, job seeker study results agree with that number. We've surveyed our own participants of our program and have found that about 32 to 36% of our participants are actually funneling themselves into the gig economy as part of their career transition. Uh, I do know that the Bureau of Labor Statistics just released a report that um, kind of says the opposite of that, but there are, we need to dive more deeply into that report and compare it against the dozens of, of industry uh, research reports that have come out that put the number at about 35% of the workforce. But there is no debate that it's a large part of our work world, and it probably does affect just about every type of position and every industry out there right now. It used to just be uh, limited to a few different types of positions, but it really has exploded and affects just about every industry yeah, yeah, it's it's growing and people kind of define it differently. And so sometimes those numbers change a little bit, but it impacts how those people who are looking think about the types of positions that they might obtain. Well, I want to give you just a minute here to share how people can connect with you, follow you, and learn more about you and Rice Smart. So I think the quickest way to find me is to go on to LinkedIn and look up my company. The company's name is Rise Smart. That's R-I-S-E-S-M-A-R-T. And then look for myself. And my name is Kimberly Schneiderman. Uh, that last name is a bit long, <laughs> but uh, you'll find me probably pretty easily. And then we can connect. And I'm happy to listen to your story and see if I can offer any short words of advice in your career transition or if you are somebody looking for outplacement services for your organization, I'm happy to connect you with the right people within my organization to get that going for you. Wonderful, Kimberly. Thank you so much for sharing. And don't go anywhere, listeners. We're going to come right back uh, 
and go through some of this information a little bit deeper and explore some more strategies for how you can handle that layoff. We'll say goodbye to Kimberly. Thank you for sharing your your valuable information. But here at the Career Confidant, we'll be right back in just a few minutes. Thank you, Kimberly. business community's first choice in internet talk radio voice america business network you know that the career landscape has changed and that you need to be proactive about managing your career you can have the foresight skills and confidence you need to take charge of your career and seize opportunities a strategic advantage and career expert marie Zimanoff has helped thousands of leaders like you get focused get found and get hired Visit GetCareerSmart.com to find out more. That's GetCareerSmart.com or call 800-521-2080 to schedule your complimentary consultation. Today we live in a truly global environment. Business can more easily be conducted now in almost any part of the world. How do you, as a business owner or professional, navigate the ever-changing business landscape? Tune in to Leadership Beyond Borders with host Kimberly J. Lewis. With a worldwide resource of guests, you'll find out what opportunities and challenges surround diverse and virtual organizations. Listen live every Tuesday at 3 p.m. U.S. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Have you tapped your full potential as a leader? Sometimes you have to go a little deeper and connect with your inner force. Join host Angela King as she invites you to discover something that already lies within you and helps you become a better leader. Your most important connection is the one you have with yourself. It's time to connect, ignite, and rise. It's time for Inner Force. Tune in live every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time and 4 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. Voice America Business Network, the bottom line in business. You are tuned in to The Career Confidant with Marie Zimanoff. If you have a question or comment for Marie or her guest today, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. You may also send an email to marie at a strategicadvantage.com. Now, back to The Career Confidant. Welcome to The Career Confidant, and we are excited that you've been joining us today as we are talking about dealing with a layoff. Hopefully this isn't something that you're dealing with right now, but if it is, we hope that we've been helpful or that you might prepare for the future. So it's good to be prepared for those worst case scenarios or that you might share this information with someone that you know has been laid off. As we talked about in the very beginning of the show, this is still very common, even though we're not necessarily hearing about it in the news as much as we were three, four years ago. Um, mass layoffs are, are still happening and Um, If you know someone that that's happened to, share this show with them so that they can get some inspiration and some ideas about how they might move forward. When you get laid off, or I think really when you have any unchosen kind of job change, whether that might be a layoff or demotion move of some sort that wasn't, wasn't what you would choose, 
there's a lot of emotion that goes along with it. And as Kimberly and I were talking, a lot of times we don't give ourselves the benefit of processing that emotion. It's just a job, right? Or uh, I've got to find a new job tomorrow. I need that you know, I need that money. And we don't think about the fact that there's a, a process of emotion, change, whatever you want to call it, that we need to go through to be more positive and able to deal on the other side. We might not have the luxury of sitting down for a week and, and taking some time off. So then we're going to have to take care of ourselves while we search and making sure that we're balancing our search activity with self-care. Self, self-care activity is part of your job search, especially if it was a layoff or something that it wasn't your, your choosing to make happen. And as you go through that process, the more you can take care of yourself the better off you'll be when you show up to that employer, when you show up at that networking event, when you show up at those events, they take your energy, they they require you to be there in the right mindset. No one wants to um, be your counselor at an interview or, or be your counselor at a, at a networking event and, and listening to you process what has happened you need to do that it's a very important part of your transition and yet we want to find the kind of appropriate time and and place to do that with your friends family maybe folks that are in a similar situation as you as Kimberly said if you're offered outplacement that's a great opportunity to help process what's going on and then of course if you feel like it would be helpful to go in and get some outside resources, outside help through your your community, maybe a, a counselor or a coach that can help you process that that emotion. I've worked with so many people who are even you know years into being laid off and hadn't processed that emotion, and were still struggling with identifying with the company, talking like they still worked there, and or some anger around being laid off or anger around being in a position that they didn't feel like was a good, was deserving of them maybe because they had made a transition that wasn't something that they they would have chosen. Maybe they got laid off and got a new job that didn't really make them feel like they deserved that value, right? That didn't make them feel like they felt like where they should be. Or they maybe even were in a good position, but still had anger around being laid off from that former employer. It's something that we don't talk about. We just, you know, it's just work. You just go to work. It's not that big of a deal. But it turns out that it actually is. And if we don't take the time to recognize that, we might keep stepping our foot into our mouth or or causing some kind of undercurrent in our work that we're not really paying attention to. So when we continue to have those same patterns, it's a little knock on our door that we need to sit down and think about where our role in it is and how we can approach the next opportunity differently. And if we can take the time to do that, 
it's, it is really going to help speed up your search. Not everyone can do that. So then just work that self-care into your everyday search as much as you can. Physical exercise, reading something that's interesting to you, meditating if that's your thing, praying if that's your thing, taking some kind of, of time for yourself to really think about where you want to go, journaling, going through some kind of career activity, whether that's led by a book or led by your outplacement group or, or led by a, a coach that you might connect with, some kind of opportunity to process what's happened. So Kimberly talked about this a tendency for people to just want to start taking action and that that flurry of action is not necessarily productive, although we might feel that it is. You know, I got laid off this week and I've already applied to 100 jobs. Well, that's wonderful, but did we think through if they're a good fit, if you're a good fit for them, if it's a targeted opportunity that you've connected your branding to their need? Otherwise, it's just standing back and throwing things at the refrigerator, but not really thinking about what's going to actually stick. So what might actually stick and and being more thoughtful about that approach and activity is really going to help you, although it may feel like you're not getting enough done, not not sending out enough applications, etc. Kimberly talked a little bit about thinking through your accomplishments, and this is another area where our brain during unchosen change kind of shuts itself down. And I'm not good enough. I've never really accomplished anything. I just go, I've just done my work. Or there can be a little bit of an edge of contempt around it. Well, I'm wonderful and everyone should know I'm wonderful. I've worked this long or worked in this industry or worked for this company. And, you know, it really is our responsibility to communicate to the new hiring managers why we are a good candidate, to communicate to them the details, the specifics around what we've done so that they can have concrete proof of what we've done. Knowing where we've worked or what types of jobs we've held really doesn't give them what they need to vet us as a candidate. They need proof. They need details. They need those stories that they ask about in an interview, but they're also wanting to see some of that on your resume and your LinkedIn profile. Those stories that validate how you have done what you're supposed to do that validate you've brought value to your accomplishments or to your companies in the past. And we all have. It's just thinking about it in a little bit different way. So as Kimberly shared some of her questions that you might ask yourself, you can also look back at your job description and think, okay, when did I do that? What's an example What's a story? What's that proof point look like? Or, and or, look at just job descriptions that you're interested in, and the same thing. Go through those points, go through those job requirements, and ask yourself, when have I done that? What was the story behind it? And how can I share a specifics, a specific story around when I've done that same thing that they're looking for me to do? 
it's really good to base it on those future job descriptions because then you can be very targeted from the beginning. Gather some job descriptions that you're interested in. Look for those themes. Look for those commonalities. What are they asking for over and over again? And how can you build some stories around that? And it really doesn't matter, you know, what format you use. Challenge, action, results is one of the more common, simple ones. You know, what was the challenge? What was what were the 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 metrics or the what what was going to be measured? Sometimes it's good to think about that. And then the actions that you took, a lot of times those are what people already have in their resume. That was what was in your job description were those actions. And then the results, what was the outcome? How did you know that you'd achieved the challenge or met the the goals, met the metrics that were going to be measured and put that story together? Some people talk about, you know, star, situation, task, action, results. And you might be thinking, well, those sound like interview stories. And yes, you'll use them in the interview. They're also a great place to start for your resume, for your branding, for your LinkedIn profile, and for your confidence. One of the biggest confidence boosting things that I would see with my clients was really sitting down and looking at their accomplishment stories so that you can reconnect with the fact that you add value. You can reconnect with the fact that you do bring something to a company that helps their bottom line or their customer service or whatever it is that you play your role. When you sit down and and get those stories and start to think about the projects and opportunities you've had to offer value, it will start to rebuild that your confidence in your ability to do the job, in your desire to do the job. Sometimes it helps kind of spark that enthusiasm for the next gig. And it also helps you get that that confidence and concrete validation that you'll need both in an interview and in your written communications. So those stories and accomplishments that Kimberly was talking about really are a great place to start in terms of capturing where you were and what you've done but also then looking at those stories for themes in terms of what do they tell you about where you want to go, what things you've really enjoyed that you want to seek out again. You can see those in your stories as you start to gather them. We're going to take a short break. When we come back, we're going to close this up a little bit, talking a bit more about how the gig economy is playing into your search, how it will change your thinking as you move forward in your decision-making and search. We'll be right back in just a few minutes. The business community's first choice in Internet Talk Radio, Voice America Business Network. You know that the career landscape has changed and that you need to be proactive about managing your career. You can have the foresight, skills, and confidence you need to take charge of your career and seize opportunities. A strategic advantage and career expert, Marie Zimanoff has helped thousands of leaders like you get focused, get found, and get hired. Visit GetCareerSmart.com to find out more. 
That's GetCareerSmart.com or call 800-521-2080 to schedule your complimentary consultation. We hear it and read about it every day in the news. America is heading over a fiscal cliff. Home prices are still receding and unemployment growing. How can you preserve and increase your wealth in this kind of economy? Tune in to Turning Hard Times into Good Times with host Jay Taylor. Jay will explain the decline of our monetary system and the economy and will give you winning investment ideas and the tools to protect and increase your wealth. Turning Hard Times into Good Times with Jay Taylor can be heard Tuesdays at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, 12 noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Many industries have been revolutionized by technology in the last decade. Books, music, TV, communications, and now it's happening to our money and the way we pay. Tune in to Breaking Banks with Brett King for a look at how technology and customer behavior will bring about more changes in banking in the next 10 years than in the last 200 years. Listen every Thursday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, noon Pacific on Voice America Business Channel or on AM 1160 The Voice. You'll never look at your bank account the same again. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You are tuned in to The Career Confidant with Marie Zimanoff. If you have a question or comment for Marie or her guest today, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. You may also send an email to marie at a strategicadvantage.com. Now, back to The Career Confidant. Welcome back to The Career Confidant. And today we're talking about what to do after a layoff. And we were talking with Kimberly Schneiderman from Rice Smart about how you can access your options for outplacement. If that's available to you, please take advantage of it. Even if you find that you need more help afterwards or you don't agree with everything they say, it at least gives you an opportunity to get some of those resources that you need. They're trying and true in some ways or they wouldn't be hired by your company. So it can provide at, at least some value. And a lot of times folks would do some of their outplacement with their individual company or with a service their company offered. And then they would come to me as a private practitioner. And it always gave them at least some background. And we had that running start to work together. So even if you think you want to work with someone individually, no reason to pass up those opportunities to work with whatever your company is offering as well. When you get there and you're starting to take that action, to remember that it's okay to take the time to process, that it can actually help you to start journaling and thinking about where you want to go, start gathering those stories. That may seem like a slow start, but that's a great place to start. Connect to your stories, connect to that confidence that you're going to need to weather the job search storm and connect to those stories that will help you communicate your value. Then as you start looking at positions, the world has changed. It's not a surprise, right? You hear about it all the time, but now it's maybe going to impact you. You've been laid off for this position. Maybe you've been with the company for 10, 15, 20, 30 years, and you are stuck in this new world where work doesn't work like that anymore. 
And this is particularly hard for folks that have been in the same role for, you know, 10 plus, 15 plus years, can also get some of us who've been in a role shorter amount of time, but wanted to be there long term. This idea of moving more frequently is troublesome, right? On, on average, right now, people are changing jobs every four years. And so when people come to me and they say, oh, I just want a place where I can work until retirement. Well, what does that look like? And how realistic is that? If you're 10 years away from retirement, it's, it's really not that realistic that you're going to find a job or even a company that you can work at for the next 10 years. And how can we start to process that and think about that differently and what that might look like? The other concept we have to start challenging is retirement in and of itself. What does that look like? And how are we planning for that, not just financially, but mindset-wise? People aren't retiring, and there's not just financial reasons for that. A lot of it is the the way that our society is moving and working and, and living. It gives us the opportunity to do something that we might want to do later, perhaps for free and, and we're quote unquote in retirement or perhaps for some some money. And then a lot of people I see who struggle with retirement, it's because of their connection to their work identity, almost like we're talking about with the layoff where they have to really process that identity and what they want that identity to look like in retirement or in absence of that work that they're so used to doing. With the gig economy, a big challenge for folks is the idea that you may not be looking at a full-time salaried position for your next job. Depending on your industry, your geography, lots of different factors that go into that it may not be a full-time salaried position that is your next job we're not talking about driving for uber although that may be of interest i think that's what a lot of times people think of when they think of the gig economy or contract economy but that is not the only place that the the contract and gig economy has grown more companies are hiring people as contractors for specific project work for really kind of good reason. They want to get those strengths. They want to be able to build a team that's going to do this project and then transition to a new team for a new project. And it really may not be any different than if they hired you full-time and salaried, except for that you're not salaried. Uh, There was kind of this myth that just because you were a salary employee, it meant that you were long-term. And that was you know, at least for the last 10 years, really not true anyways in lots of states, especially at-will employment states. And they've changed their structures to to incorporate that. So learning how to negotiate contract work, learning how to make sure you get paid enough to cover all of the things that that company would usually pay for you, Learning how to manage that process and navigate that world may be your reality. Doing some research and talking to folks in your industry and reading through the lines because people might say, oh, you know, I'm just doing contract work right now, but I've got this full-time gig that I'm looking at or this or that. 
contract work is full-time work, right? And it may be their mindset that's getting in their way of embracing that and really maximizing it. So read through those lines, talk to people that are in your industry, find out if the contract work is really growing in your industry so that you can be more accepting of those opportunities. I see a lot of people turn down contract work because they want that full-time job and they're not realizing that that's the new trend in their industry and they may be looking for a very long time if they're going to limit themselves to that full-time work. Contract work can also be a great way to get your foot in the door, get known as a quantity to network while getting paid. Right There may be a lot of benefits to that contract work if we can manage our own bias or feelings around that. Usually it's because being a contract worker makes you feel less than. Sometimes the company and their structure play into that and and cause some of that, but we have control over that. We can manage that and we can see contract work as an opportunity, as an opportunity to, to be more flexible, to get our foot in the door, to make some money, to maybe even make more lucrative money depending on where we're at. That might mean we want to talk to some experts Small Business Development Center in your area. You know, the the Small Business Development Center network is a great way to start. Talk to your a CPA. Talking to a CPA who's owned some businesses is, is a great way to be talking to someone who might know something about the financial as well as the business connections. And maybe a lawyer, depending on what type of contract work you think you might be doing. The Small Business Development Centers do a great job of offering some of those introductory courses around how to be a contractor and what to think about and what to look for. When you start to write that off as an opportunity, you you may find yourself struggling and, and you don't know why. So pay attention to what's really going on in your industry and where you might fit in. What do those opportunities look like? challenge there of course is that you already have the pressure of the layoff and now you've got this added facet of your industry shifting to a new kind of work and people can only handle so much change there there is an emotional piece to that so take care of yourself and of course feel free to join us back here on the career confidant to get more resources and information about how you can take control of your career That's why we're here, is to offer you those resources. If there's anything we can help you with or questions that you have, feel free to reach out to me at Marie, M-A-R-I-E, at careerthoughtleaders.com, and we're happy to add that information to the show or share it with you individually. We look forward to seeing you right back here again next week on The Career Confidant. Thank you for listening to The Career Confidant. Marie Zimanoff will return again with another terrific guest next Monday at 6 p.m. Eastern Time, 3 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Business Channel. Be sure to join us then.